career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, we are back for another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. It is the beginning of the year, and some of the time we can't seem to get going. I mean, we might have goals and resolutions and all that sort of stuff. My last podcast, I talked about intentions, all that good stuff. But sometimes I think it's about really, truly getting aligned with yourself. And sometimes it means getting really radically aligned with yourself. And when I was thinking about, oh, who would be some people I'd love to have a chat with about just guy stuff? Bob Gower came up on my list. He and his wife, Alex, have been on my other podcast. We've known each other for a few years. And Hey, he's one of us. He's over 40. He's been doing a lot of stuff in his life and he's got a new uh, book coming out in August called Radical Alignment. And I thought this would be a pretty cool conversation because I think a lot of times us guys in our 40s get in trouble because we may not be aligned with our dreams or our values or our belief system. We kind of do stuff in other ways. And I thought who better to turn to than Mr. Bob Gower to talk about this. So Bob, welcome to 40 Plus Real Man Real Talk, man. Thanks for being here. It is so great to be here and great to see you again, Rick. You too, man. So, um, so radical alignment, you're going to give us, you're going to give us the magic wand. It's going to make everything perfect. And then we'll all have a very wonderful life after this conversation, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. So let's talk about, you know, why this whole radical alignment can't concept came up. I know you and Alex, your wife have worked on this, but what is the big thing for you as a guy over 40 that you realize this whole radical alignment concept really has impact in your own life. Well, it's interesting. And, and, you know, so the, the book itself and the radical alignment process, we call it the all in method that we kind of outline in the process is really about um, it's, it's usually done with two or more people kind of getting together and getting teams together. So I work with teams. My wife works with women who are, um, you know, trying to get their lives together or, or take their lives to another level. And so this was really about kind of creating the community around you. But with your introduction, actually, I want to kind of take it in a slightly different direction because it's very hot for me right now. Um, I'm 54, so I'm certainly over over 40. And today I was in, uh, I've been taking an acting class for the last uh, six months or so. Every Wednesday I go and, uh, and I go and take an acting class. And my teacher is this wonderful, wonderful older man. And he was talking about his new studio and how he, he sort of manifested the new studio um, by getting really specific about what he wanted. And I realized that, you know, about the time I turned actually 45, my life was really, let's just say not good. My life was in a, in a very, very, very bad place. I was, I was actually suicidal for a time. I had been in a, let's call it a questionable organization, which you might call a cult. Um, yeah. I read about this elsewhere. I've talked about this elsewhere. Um, and then about the time I met my lovely wife, Alex, uh, who was my fourth wife. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been through a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. About the time I met her, I was going through this process where I was getting really, really specific about what it was I wanted my life to be. As a matter of fact, the way that I had turned away from suicidal ideation had been saying to myself, look, my life is not good, but I have some raw materials that I think can make a good life. Right. Um, 
for whatever reason, I have not made that life yet. I have not made the life that I wanted. Um, but, you know, I had an education. I had the good fortune of, you know, <laughs> let's go. I'm tall. I, I'm told I'm relatively good looking, you know, like right. I, had education. I had, you know, I had, I had friends, I had these things, but I was like, so what I began to do was to get really, really, really specific about what I wanted to create. And this morning, Alex and I were just reflecting similar to my acting teacher. We were reflecting on, we have the life that we want. And I think, you know, like we have a great apartment. We live in New York city. We have a wonderful child who's just turned 13. We have um, this just very, 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 I think, abundant life. And it's very, in the, in the daily course of, you know, in the course of our average day, it's easy to yep. forget, easy mm -hmm. to get scarce, you know, like, oh, I need more money. I need more this, I need more that. But really, we have a great life. And I reflected back on it that about eight years ago, she and I sat down and said, what do we want? What do we really want? Yep. And we got really clear. This kind of apartment, this kind of neighborhood, this kind of lifestyle. and to me, that's getting in alignment with yourself. It has to be emotionally resonant. You know, it has to be this thing that you, you know, you're like, oh yeah, that would be, that would be the thing. And so now I'm on a whole new kick. Right now I'm like, oh, what's the next thing? You know, like what's the next like stuff I can be really specific about and create for myself, so. And I think that's important because we say, oh, we want this, okay, great. And as a coach, <laughs> I do this all the time. And I know as you're working with teams, you do this all the time, but the moment you say, well, but let's get specific. What does that look like? What is the real thing you want? What, what's the measurable outcomes? Or how would that actually feel if you could say, oh, yes, I want to I be very successful. Well, define very successful. Let's get to the nitty gritty. People freeze. Because in their minds, and us guys, raising my hand here, guys, you can't see it. It's like, oh, crap, that means I if I say specifically, that means I'm serious and I might have to actually commit to doing this. And then suddenly the fears show up, the excuses show up. And before you know it, we're not doing anything. Yeah. And I think we have to define success for ourselves. You know, Absolutely. Like somebody, a writer I really like, I don't know if you've encountered him, but it's Scott Galloway. He's an NYU professor, mm -hmm. um, podcaster. I, I really enjoy his work. He wrote a book called The Algebra of Happiness. And, um, and, and one of the things he talks about is like, look, if you're income is over your expenses, you are by definition rich. So he, you know, he lives in New York City, NYU professor. He's like, I know guys who are in three million a year who have alimony and two kids in private school and are trying to keep up with the, you know, the, the finance bro lifestyle right. uh, and who feel poor. And he's, then he talks about like his parents who are, you know, who are on social security or whatever, are getting like 60 or 70,000 a year and, you know, live, you know, somewhere rural that where they, you know, they're, they're below their expenses and they are by definition rich. And I think this is something that I'm having to grapple with myself all of the time right now, which is because I'm, I'm very, very blessed in that I have a career I, I, that where work often comes to me somewhat organically. It pay, tends to pay well when it comes and it doesn't require all of my time. Right. But I could like spend all of my time working mm -hmm. uh, or I could like try to hire people and start a firm. And, you know, these are active conversations. My business sure. partner, and I have this. But, but it always has to come back to like, what's the lifestyle Really, what's the life, not lifestyle? What's the life that we're trying to create for ourselves? Yep, yep, exactly. And I think it's interesting, you know, given this whole radical alignment, I want you to talk a little bit more about this, but this alignment that needs to happen, I'm using the word need specifically in this case, 
is what's going to get you where you're going. In fact, I was coaching a client the other day around his career move. And I said, you know, you're, you're out there looking for all these jobs. You're applying for all these jobs. And I said, what I'm about to ask you to do is something that you're probably going to think Rick has completely lost his mind. I said, I want you to, for one day or two days, whatever it takes, <clears throat> I don't want you to look at any jobs. I don't want you to apply for any jobs for a couple of days. What I want you to do is to literally write out the life that you want. Literally write it out as detailed as you possibly can. And our mutual friend Clay Bear kind of does this with his perfect day <clears throat> work that he does. And my client kind of stopped and I could tell we weren't on video camera, but I could tell by the phone call. He was having that moment of like, this sounds ridiculous. I said, here's why. Because you will never have the life you want until you define what it is. And you will never help have your work help you align to that life if you don't have the life defined first, because every job that comes up will be something that you might just jump at just because, oh, okay, there's the money piece, but okay, the money piece is there, but what isn't there? What's missing? And I think it's really back to the alignment, that radical alignment of, yes, it can be scary to radically align to your values, your beliefs, your desires, all that stuff. But if you don't, where are you going to be in a month, six months, two years, five years, 10 years down the road? And you're like, I'm still freaking miserable. Why don't you kind of walk us through a little bit without giving away everything because I want everybody to get your book and all that stuff when it comes out in August. But what are there a couple of simple principles in the whole radical alignment um, sort of concept that you and Alex have worked on? Yeah, so the, the, the process really grew out of a couple of different things that we've been working on. Um, one was a, a workshop that we ran for couples a few years ago that we, we no longer run. But one of the things we found is that couples who were coming to the workshop were sometimes having a bad experience. Yep. And part of it was they were just misaligned. Their, their, uh, you know, their expectations, that what, what, they, what they wanted, they were misaligned and they didn't know they were misaligned. They were like, oh, we're both going to this thing. We both must want to go to the thing. We both must, both must want to go for the same reasons. And so what we began doing was having people have a very detailed conversation with each other as the first step in the workshop. And so the workshop actually, this, this, became, this kind of grew into it. And then it was a, pro, then it was like, it is a simple four-part conversation. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to share those. Um, and so that we'd have people talk about these four buckets, essentially, in regards to the workshop. And then my wife and I started being like, well, wait a minute. How about when we go on vacation, we might run into the same issue, right? One person wants adventure. The other person wants relaxation. Those aren't necessarily irreconcilable, but they are, they are going to lead to tension unless they're surfaced ahead of time. And so we just, and I, and then I began using it with leadership teams um, in fortune 500, fortune 100, who were going to do big change programs, because again, you could run into the same problem. And this idea of misalignment is really, really huge. I also find I do it with myself, right? Unless I'm clear. So um, for one thing, I, I recently left uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've left Facebook and I've left Twitter. Um, and I had, and it was because I went through this process for myself around like social media or like online time. Um, and it's essentially, you just ask four questions. One is, what are your intentions? You know, really like, and I love that you mentioned intentions, like, and intentions to me is just like, why are we doing this? You know, like, why are, you know, like, and it can be like three words. If I'm doing a work project, it'll be, I want to make some money. I want to have some fun. I want to learn some things. And I want to work with people that excite me each day, you know, like it's, it, you know, or, or I want to be around new people or get to know new people. Those are usually my motivations. Um, the next conversation we have would be concerns. Okay. Given 
this workshop, given who you are, given what time it is, given the people you're with, what are you, what concerns come up with you? And that's usually really easy for people to do because we have a negative, strong negativity bias as humans. Sure. Sure. Um, and then next is to sort of outline the boundaries, you know, like what are the, what are the things we are sure we need to happen and what are the things that should never happen? Um, and of course, again, and give it different context that shows sure. up in a lot of different ways, you know, different ways. Um, and that those, those questions get very special, you know, specialized in different, in different contexts. And then the last time thing we ask people to, look, to finish on is their dreams or their desires. Like if this were to be the best possible vacation, the best possible, um, change program, the best possible, um, actually we use this to design our wedding. It's the best possible wedding day. Uh, what would be true for you? How would you feel at the end? Um, who would, you know, like what would, what would have happened? What would have changed for you? Um, you know, like if it's a, if you're doing a job and your intention is to make money, right. okay, let's dream. How much money would you make if this was the best project ever? Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. You know, it's interesting that you just went through this because I was actually ha having this conversation right before Bob and I got on to record this. I was coaching a group of people <clears throat> through another endeavor that I work on and I led them into the group coaching call asking everybody what their intentions were um, for this year. And ironically, everybody kind of threw stuff out. And then the next question I asked them is, and I hadn't even, I wasn't even thinking clearly about Bob and I going into this. I asked them, so what are the concerns and what do you think could get in your way? Which is really concerns is your second part, but the boundaries piece, because whatever is getting in your way is because you haven't put a boundary around that. And it's so interesting when you guide people through these things. And guys, I want you listening to this for yourself. If you have an intention and you look at the concerns and then you work through the boundaries. So in fact, I just did this with a client this morning. I said, the reason that you're not being successful right now in the coaching process is because you haven't put boundaries in place so that you, so that you won't keep canceling the sessions. Every time it happens, he's like, oh, I need to cancel again because of work. I'm like, you need to put the boundary in place. And I said, and guess what? Your intention and your desire isn't big enough. And again, I wasn't even thinking about our conversation. So I love this, Bob, these four steps. And what for you as a man, I mean, I know this has helped, you know, you and your relationships and everything, but for you as a guy, by following these four steps with yourself and really doing this radical alignment, what's something that you've learned about yourself that's really helped you continue to focus on being who you really want to be in life. Yeah. Well, as we were talking, I actually pulled up a little note to myself that I wrote last year. And so I, I you know, I, I've said in the conversation that I'm fortunate and that I have a pretty good career work comes my way. Well, last year it dried up. I don't know what happened. Um, I tend, I don't, I'm not a very like conscious list builder, you know, it just sort of, I've been fortunate in that I have a network and people come and ask me for work. Yeah. And the first couple of months of last year was like, oh, it's kind of dry. All right, well, I've, I prepared for this. I have an emergency fund. About March or April, I got a little bit of work, but it was still like, that's not enough. And then I started writing this book. You know, I had to work on the book. And so that even took more time away. Right. And so actually by, you know, June or July, I had earned very, very, very little money for the year. You know, like, um, now I was fortunate I recovered near the end of the year and I, and I, I still had a fairly good year, but I, I went to a pretty dark place or pretty like, like deep, like, am I doing the right thing with my life? You know, like, am I, am I smart? Am I good? And all of this. 
And about that time, also a friend of mine came to me and he offered me some work and it was work that I knew I was probably going to hate. Yep. You know? And, uh, and it paid okay. I liked him. I'd worked with him before. I'd worked with these people before, but I knew I was probably going to hate it. And I knew going into it that when I usually go in with that kind of feeling, things don't go very well. Right. Well, guess what? Things went horribly. They just went terribly. I ended up actually like, it just sort of like interpersonally blew up, it, you know, yep. like I a lot of responsibility for it, but it was just like, it was one of the worst work experiences I'd had. And we ended, and it, and it burned so much time and delivered so little money, but we, I managed to preserve my relationship with my friend, but it just was like, it was kind of ugly and weird and bad. So I came up with my, so what, why I went through this process for myself and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm clearly doing, I, I clearly have poor boundaries to your point. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with my work boundaries that, and I've just kind of brought up these notes here, but that, you know, like I only take work if it sort of checks some certain boxes and it has to like create certain outcomes. I care a lot about increasing power for marginalized people and better collaboration in organizations um, and also um, ecological sustainability. So working on a project which has at least checks one of those boxes, because this was a big fashion brand, didn't check any of the boxes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Compensation, of course, I need to make some money or I need to grow my rep or I need to grow my reach or I need to at least be with people I want to work with and grow my network and enjoy it. And this would have only checked one of those boxes and that one was money. And I'm like, so now I have this kind of commandment for myself. I will not work only for money. I have, you know, because I just, you know, like, it's not that I'm precious, but it's just like, I know that it's going to lead to bad outcomes. So this process really helped me to kind of get in alignment with myself. And it scares me, you know, like, and I think good boundaries should scare you in some way, right? They should kind of give you that, that kind of, I don't want to swear on your podcast, but that, oh shit moment in your belly of like, I'm saying no to something. And, you know, now I've actually had the opportunity. I've actually said no to a couple of things recently. And I, every time I say no, I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And it always leads to something better, always leads to something good. So I think this process, kind of asking myself these questions really, really, really helps. Um, helps me get clear, helps me be courageous. Because um, when, you, when you feel that alignment, you can feel more courageous. You can feel more like in yourself. And I think, you know, like I, I don't like to gender everything, but yeah, like masculine, you know, like I feel right. strong, I feel powerful. I feel like, oh yeah, I know who I am and I know what I'm doing. And it's not just to grit your teeth, I'm going to get through this. Absolutely. Or like I have the inner resources. I know this is going to be right. I may be wrong. I may learn something really bad here, but I'm prepared for it and I'm ready and I know why I'm doing it. I love this. And you don't ever have to worry about cursing on my podcast. We do it all the time. So I said, I just say, fuck it. We're, this is what we do on my podcast and it's my podcast and I'll curse as much as I want, but I love this. Good boundaries should scare you. In fact, I wrote down good boundaries should scare the shit out of you because it's about you saying I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm going to do this. And when we finally say I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the boundaries in place and I'm going to make room for something it is scary because a lot of times some of the stuff that we're doing, we do not know the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen, but we can't keep saying, well, maybe we will, maybe we won't because then nothing ever happens. We don't get serious about anything. So um, well, Bob, I love this concept. So let me ask you this, the thing around that I think that I'm just kind of looking from, you know, here we are talking to guys 40 years old and older. I'm feeling like, it's either the intentions or the concerns that probably get in the way. And again, I'm just going off of my own thought process here. But I think the intention and concerns for most guys could be the thing that keeps them from like, yes, I'm going to be really radically in alignment with myself because 
they have the wrong intention and, and they're going to let the concerns keep them from going there. Yeah. I'm curious what you think. When you look at the four yeah. things you have in front of you, what do you think keeps guys from going? Let's get in alignment. Let's do this. You know, in many ways, I think it's all of them. And I think one thing, you know, I, something I faced over 40 and I, you know, I've shared a little bit about my story. Um, and there's, there's a lot more to it, but you know, at about 40, I went through my third divorce, uh, and, and it led me into this kind of like weird sort of downhill spiral that ended up with me at about 43, 44, um, you know, deeply contemplating suicide and trying to then deciding to kind of rebuild my life. And one of the things I think that happens, at least happened to me at that age is the sense that it's too late. Mm. This who I am is who I'm going to be forever. And I think one of the things that I had to get really clear with myself, and I think you, I think we're sort of dancing around it a little bit, but is you can't get clear on your intention if you're letting your concerns, be, or you can't get clear on your dreams yep. and your boundaries if all of your concerns are, are what's constraining you. Like, yep. well, I have to do this because I've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rather, than, and I think that the soul of creativity is to look at, and the soul of strategy, frankly, um, is to look at your assets and figure out different ways to recombine those assets in order to generate the kinds of outcomes you want to generate. And part of that is to be a little bit dispassionate. And I've had to like do a lot of work around my emotional attachment to money, some childhood trauma, uh, a whole lot of stuff to kind of unwind, but to really allow myself to dream bigger and to set my intention more clearly which then allows me to set my boundaries more clearly. And, I, and I'm very, very serious about putting boundaries around my time now. Like I, yep. uh, I, I, I don't, um, I, you know, like I, I think of time as life, you know, yes. I, I, I'm yes. not going with that, right? But, you know, like someone can steal my money. I can make more money. Someone steals my time, you know, like, and so I, you know, like, and I don't want to be a dick about it, right? You know, like, but I, but I do try to be very deliberate, you know, in, in where I direct my time, who I mm-hmm. spend time how I spend my time. Absolutely. What I find is that there's this elasticity to that, that I can take a Wednesday off and go, you know, go to my acting class, which I just went to today. Mm. And my business gets better. You know, like things, you know, like it's sort of like these, these, these asymmetrical gains are really possible. And I think that to me is what really constrained me was this sense that the sad sack, middle-aged, you know, high potential, but kind of not successful dude was the guy I was destined to be. And I could have gone, I could have allowed myself to become resentful, angry, bitter, um, fat, <laughs> you yeah, know, like exactly. No, right. All of that. And yeah. I really tried to like, you know, like I, I really tried to, to, to turn it all, you know, and, and, and turn it all around. And I, and it's taken, taken years and I'm still in process, always going to be in progress. And, uh, and I, I hope I am until the day I die. I just want to do this until I drop dead suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you. Totally yeah. hear you, man. I think as middle-aged dudes, man, we just got to like, remember that we're not, we're not, we're not dead yet. You know, like we're, there's, we still can, we can still do stuff. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation. And it's just, it's so important. You, you, you dropped some beautiful wisdom here. Like the, the time is life and that, you know, good boundaries <clears throat> should scare the crap out of you. And I love these kind of conversations for guys of any age for anybody of any age, but I think us guys in the 40 plus realm, sometimes we just get stuck in the status quo do life. And we don't think about, wait, I don't have to do it this way. We absolutely don't have to do it this way. And there's nothing wrong with getting ourselves back in alignment with our dreams, with our values, with those things that we most want to do truly stepping into our intentions. So 
and get curious about who you are. I think that's uh-huh. right. Like we're we're always going to be works in process, and like and I think asking yourself deep questions, questions that you don't know the answer to immediately, um, and allowing yourself to and allowing yourself to be curious about the answers to the questions. I think this curiosity about like who am I and who am I capable of becoming, and making that a lifelong journey, I think is really. To, to me, that's the foundation. That's the gift of this process. That's the gift of the last 10 years of my life to me. Absolutely. Well, Bob, thanks so much for sharing yourself. The book comes out in August. I will make sure somewhere around there that maybe we'll have both you and Alex back on or whatever it might be to help promote that book. But thanks for bringing it today and really helping us guys over 40 learn what it takes to really start to look at our lives and step back into radical alignment with ourselves. Really appreciate you, man. It was absolutely my pleasure, and I will definitely hit you up for some book promotion. Thanks. That's a wrap for 40 Plus. Real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men, Real Talk, where the conversations continue.